Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it be life out here on our little hobby farm, or how I keep things simple in our homeschool, or just life in general. And I always will point you back to Jesus, because I really truly believe the remedy to clutter and chaos in our world is Jesus. The more we desire Him, the less we desire of the things of this world. The things that we get rid of in our life help us to more clearly see our purpose, which is to live for Him. So thank you for joining me for another episode. I was going to talk about today... Our little hobby farm here, Love's Farm, many of you have heard me refer to it on the blog or you've seen lots of pictures if you follow me on Instagram or of course I've talked about it here on the podcast. But I wanted to talk about it today because we are coming up on our three-year anniversary of our um, buying this home and it was quite a journey and I kind of was thinking about it. And just in awe of how God worked through the whole thing. You know, sometimes when you finally get out of a situation and you step back and you realize what God has done, that's when you see a full picture. So I wanted to talk today about our journey to our hobby farm, how we got here, and really, you know, whether you're looking to move or, you know, buy a little hobby farm or whatever the thing is that you've been praying for or that you feel you have a desire in your heart. It could be anything. For us, it was, you know, living in the country and buying this home. But for anyone in that situation, if you're praying on something and you truly feel that God has given you a desire on your heart about something, I hope this episode would encourage you to see how God works on his own timeline and to understand that he will see it through if it is his will. And when you get to the other side, what a beautiful thing it is. So I wanted to talk today about our story and how we got to this farm and why we call it Love's Farm and what our future plans are here. But first, let me share how God brought us here, because it is truly all God. Um, When I think back on the story, sometimes, you know, I forget until I really sit and think, wow, all that actually happened. So we're coming up on three years already, which in some ways feels like we've always lived here. And in some ways, I can't even believe it's been three years already. So let's see, we were living in a home um, three years ago, a standard, you know, home in a neighborhood, a little split level home. It was our first home, you know, a home that was built like in the late 60s, early 70s in a development of homes just like it. And um When we first got married, so we're coming up on, let's see, we'll be married 18 years in the spring. So when we first got married, we actually lived in my parents' home that I grew up in. We got married right out of college, like literally Steve missed his graduation walking ceremony because we were on our honeymoon. But um, we got married right out of college, and both of us were on like a five-year plan, though. So we weren't married typically out of the four-year schedule. We both 
took a few detours in college. So we graduated after, I guess, five or more years. Um, and then we were married. So we lived, we had the wonderful opportunity the first year we were married to save money and live at, at um, my parents' home. They had bought a new home and rather than selling it, they said their old home, the house I grew up in, they said we could stay there until we needed to. And um, it actually worked out because my grandmother, who I love dearly, she has passed away since, but we were very close. She was living upstairs and um, we were able to stay there and and stay with her for that year. So that was very um, helpful for a newly young married couple to be able to stay there and save money for a home. So we will be forever grateful for that opportunity. So we lived there for about a year and then we decided to buy our first home. And at that time, you know, we were young. We had already had Grace. She was born um, in March of our first year of marriage. We got married in May and pregnant, I think, in July <laughs> and had Grace in March. So we weren't even married a year yet. We had our first baby, but that's exactly how we wanted it. We were wanting children right away. And we said when we got married, whenever God gives us children, we will be thrilled. So we were happy to become parents early on. We wanted um, nothing more than to be parents. So Grace was, um, let's see, Grace was a year. So I guess we lived in my parents' house a little longer than that because Grace was a year when we actually moved um, to our first home. And so we were thrilled just to have our own home. You know, we didn't really think about the future, um, you know, and we, well, I shouldn't say that because at that time that house was in a neighborhood and the elementary school was right around the corner. And I remember saying, oh, this is going to be perfect because Grace will go to school here and she'll grow up in the neighborhood and all the kids will walk to school together. So I guess we were sort of thinking about that, but boy, did God change our, our um, views on our future later on. Because then we went and homeschooled, which we had, that wasn't even anywhere on our radar early on in our um, parenting journey. So we lived in that home for 12 years. And um, I would say maybe, I don't know, three quarters of the way into those 12 years, we started to get a little restless. And we were very grateful to have our home because, you know, quite honestly, our um, financials were you know, always kind of dicey. We got married young. We didn't have very much to begin with. We were saving as much as we could. Um, but then we had a child right away and then buying our first home, you know, when she was a year old. So Steve then lost his job, um, three times during that, um, whole time. (laughs) And you can, you can hear about that on previous podcast episodes. I've talked about that many times, the blessing and actually, his job loss um, in the end, but three times he lost his job in those early married years. So, you know, we were just grateful to have a home at that point, um, that we were able to be homeowners and we had a nice yard. I mean, Steve and I, we grew up outside of New York City. So our yards were, you know, just, I mean, we actually both had pretty large yards for that area, but yards in that area are just like a little, you know, patch of grass outside in in the backyard. And so when we moved kind of about, let's see, we were about 45 minutes now out from where we grew up, which was, I said, right outside of New York City. And, um, 
we were like, wow, this is, this is the country, you know, it really wasn't, but to us it was. And, you know, there were farms around and stuff, but, um, so it was much more country than we were used to, but it still was, um, you know, there was a lot of things close by. You could, you didn't have to drive and we could walk to the grocery store outside of the development of our house. So we were still close in proximity to everything. And, um, we had a very large yard there for what we were used to. Um, definitely a very large yard. So we were about three quarters of the way into that, um, home and we, we started to feel restless. You know, I always say Steve is a farmer at heart. Like he, he was, you know, wanting land and he was talking about gardening. And we had this idea at one time that we, you know, we did have a garden in that home and, um, we had a nice garden actually pretty fairly large garden for, you know, your backyard. And we had it all fenced in and everything. And we were saying, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could have a garden someday that was big enough that we could give our food away? It would be like a garden food pantry. And that really, that desire, I feel God planted in our hearts because we really let that like um, fuel a lot of our decisions. We would think like, wow, someday we would hope to have enough land that we could have a large enough garden where we wouldn't just grow food as a hobby for ourselves, but we'd be able to have a ministry and give the food away. And, um, as you'll hear later, we are trying to do that now with Love's Farm. But, um, so we started feeling a little restless. And so we never really looked totally seriously, but we would look at other houses. We would, you know, sort of scan the internet. We would drive by and see houses for sale. Sometimes we'd go look at them. Sometimes we'd see houses online and we'd go look at them. Um, always sort of having this desire for something else. So that went on for a few years, but not quite seriously where we really thought we'd move. And then it got a little more serious towards the end. And we really um, started looking because we started to see things that appeal to us. You know, we ended up finding this, well, actually (laughs) I'll tell you about the white house. So there was this house that we fell in love with. Well, I fell in love with it. (laughs) See, I was very much like every house we went to. I'm like, this is great. I'll take it. I was not fussy at all. Like you would take me into any house if I just saw it was like a decent house on a nice property. I was like, this would be great. I can make it a home. But we found this one house. It was built in 1888 and we called it the White House. That was its nickname because it was a White House. It was on three acres and it was beautiful property out in a rural area. Um, very old home, which I always love because you know, I'm a little house in the prairie girl at heart. And so I fell in love with this house and we, um, decided we were actually going to try and buy the house. And now looking back on it, I crack up because my mom tells me and my husband's family that they did not like that house, but they, they didn't really try to talk us out of it, but little did I know they're all praying against it. But anyway, I love that house, even though the basement, I don't know, there's like cracks in the foundation. You know, there was these, I mean, it's an 1888 house. So there comes a lot of work, but me, the idealist, I was like, no, it's going to be great. You know, I pictured myself being ma there. So 
we ended up not putting just an offer on that house, but three offers. Okay. We were practically begging for this house and God obviously did not want us there because he kept closing the door. We put an offer on the house, you know, a really low offer because the house really did need quite a bit of updating. And so that was not accepted. No counter offer. It was just not accepted. A little while later, I wouldn't let go of that house. We put in another offer and it wasn't accepted. <laughs> and I was crushed. I was like, no, this is my dream home. I want this home. And I actually began to probably be um, more focused on that home and what I wanted. And because I couldn't have it, maybe it made it worse, but I wasn't focusing on God or I was trying to make God like fit my plan. Like, but God, I want this house, you know, praying for it and begging him to make them accept our offer. And looking back on it, I could have really just, um, sat back and said, God is closing the door and you need to let go. And we ended up putting a third offer in and guess what? We found out that the house had sold and it was under contract with another buyer. And we, I, I don't know about we, uh, me, I was devastated. I was so upset. I was like, no, I just was so like consumed with that house. So God closed those doors and looking back, you know, it's a really good lesson so that when things happen now and I see God close a door, I have to remember, like, look at the White House. He clearly had a better plan for us because our house now is far better than that home would have been. So um, we ended up not buying that house and um, obviously somebody else bought it. And so then we were like, okay, we are not meant to move. We're done. And then this farmhouse happened to show up. And again, you know, we fall in love with this farmhouse and it's out in our town that we actually live in now, but it's not the house that we live in now. And, um, we end up seeing this farmhouse on six acres. It's a real deal farm. Well, you know, still a little mini farm, but it was being leased by an actual farmer to, um, to plant corn. And so some of the acreage, well, actually most of it, five of it was being used for farming. And there was really only one acre then that was for us. But, um, so it was a real deal farm and it was a beautiful home. And we named that one, the farmhouse. <laughs> and so we ended up putting an offer in and we had actually met with the owners and they showed us around like the farm and everything to tell us, you know, more of what we were getting into, because this was something really, really for two kids who, two kids, two adults, but <laughs> we were kids once who grew up outside of, um, New York city to buy a farm like that was completely out of our element. We had no idea what we were doing, but we were like, yeah, we can make it work. You know, I'm a little house on the prairie girl. <laughs> so we ended up um, getting into a contract with that house and all was looking smooth. And my, um, and, and so we put up our house for sale. And that was, let me tell you, you want to be stressed, be a homeschooling mom and put your house up for sale. I mean, people come and all times of the day, you have to pack up and leave. I was taking the kids to the library, always trying to keep the house looking pristine. Meanwhile, we're trying to live in it and homeschool in it. I'm telling you, there were times they called to come see the house and I would just throw all the laundry that was folded in the baskets and throw it back into the dryer so people didn't see it. Looking back, somebody said to me, why don't you just bring it in the car with you? Because we would end up driving around in our car while they were coming to look at the house. But when you're acting quickly, you throw everything in the dryer. So anyway, 
we ended up selling our house pretty quickly. I think it was on the market 14 days and we were under contract. And so we had nothing but problems from the beginning with the contracts. The, the people were not happy that we had to sell our house in order to buy that one. So, but we kept telling them, no, it's going to work. You know, we have a buyer, but it is really complicated when you are buying a home, but you need the money from the house you're selling and you have to make everything time right to, you know, close on one house and then close on the other all in the same day. It's so complicated. I will never move again. (laughs) So regardless, we went through, I don't know, maybe six weeks of that process and I was starting to get very anxious about the whole thing. I don't know if it was the Lord stirring in me that it wasn't the right move, but I was getting very anxious. Like I couldn't sleep. My stomach hurt all the time. I was just nonstop feeling like, is this the wrong decision? And um, there was many factors why. I think part of it was just moving out into the country to a farm. You know, it was all new um, to a town that we didn't know. And um, also getting into, you know, financially, the house was a little, it was a little, you know, bit of a stretch. So I was thinking, is this, are we getting in over our heads? You know, so, um, Steve had only been in his own business, I think a year at that time. So it was, it was nerve wracking. And there was one day where I was just so stressed out about it that I had prayed to God. It was about nine in the morning. I'll never forget this day. And I had prayed and I said, Lord, I am so stressed out about this house. I want this house. I want to live on a farm. I want this, but I don't know why I'm so anxious. So please either take away my anxiety or take away the house because I can't do this anymore. And at 11 o'clock, I'll never forget, I was in the car. My husband called me and he said, we lost the house. I'm like, what? He said, we lost the house huh? We lost the house. I just prayed about that. I can't, what? Oh my goodness. Like I couldn't even understand. And in that split second, I had an enormous amount of relief because all the things I had been stressed about and all the anxiety I had went away. But at the same time, oh my goodness, we're not moving. I have packed half of our house. Like we were that far into the process. There were boxes in my family room. Mentally, we were preparing to leave, preparing the children to leave. They had packed up their things. And so we, um, you know, that day was just crazy. I'll just never forget. Um, What happened was our buyer for our house lost his job. Therefore, he lost his mortgage. And therefore, we had to pull out of our contract because we obviously didn't have a buyer. And that was one of the the um, stipulations that we had to sell our house in order to buy that house. So it all crumbled that day. That was difficult. Like I said, part of me felt relief. And I, I knew I had prayed that prayer and God answered it. Because quite honestly, I did not expect him to take it away. When I said, take away my anxiety or take away that house, I really thought he was going to take away my anxiety. I did not know two hours later he would, that never even seemed to be an option. Like I had no idea the guy would lose his job. Like that just came out of left field. I could not believe that it actually happened, that he actually took away that house. So it was the clearest thing in the world (laughs) that we weren't meant to move 
and to that house. So that was in the spring or early summer. I think we're supposed to move in June. So it was about May when that all fell through. So we um, said, that's it. We are done with this process. We have been too discontent. We have been focused on the wrong things. We are so blessed with a home as a you know young married couple. We have a home. We have four beautiful children now who are healthy and happy. We have great neighbors. We're not moving. Maybe God wants us to be a light in our neighborhood. And maybe we should stop looking around at what we don't have and be focused on what we do have. And let's focus on living in this neighborhood, in this home, and stop worrying about this dream of living on a farm. And so that's what we did that summer. I stopped even entertaining the idea of moving. I said, God, I'm in this neighborhood and I want you to use us here. We will, um, you know, bloom where we're planted, as they say, right? So that's what we did. I have to tell you, though, it is extremely hard to unpack the boxes that you've packed in the same home. Okay. You know, you think you're moving, you think you're packing and doing all this work to move, but it was, there was a grief process that summer to have to unpack, um, and still be in the same home. And there was a grief process for a little while over what could have been, you know, about that. I mean, we really had fallen in love with the town that the farm was in and we really, you know, had a grief process over what would have been. And part of me still, didn't understand like, God, why, why did we have to go through all of that? It just ended in, you know, a lot of tears, a lot of questions. Why did we go through all that? I don't get it. It seemed like it was so perfect and then it all fell apart. And why did I have so much anxiety over it? So some of those questions remain unanswered and that's okay. We don't always get our questions answered from God. So that summer, what we did was focus on what we had and where we were and not, you know, feeling discontent. And I really came to the um, idea in my head that we would not move and that this is where we were to be and that we were going to focus on our neighbors and on our community. And it was a beautiful thing because that summer, I remember our kids, um, they wanted to have a movie night and show that movie, God's Not Dead. And they were outside playing because in that neighborhood, it was, it was, it was, full, it was full, full of kids and they played in the street at night. And, um, so all the kids were outside playing and my, my kids were like, look, we're bringing some neighbors over to watch God's Not Dead. And it was so cool because here we had made, you know, just friends with people outside and brought them in and got to share a little bit of um, God with them. So, hey, what a gift that summer was just to be able to do that. And so we were just, you know, full on, like we are going to minister to our community. And that's what we tried to do that summer. So put the whole idea of moving out of our head and that fall, I shouldn't say that fall, I guess it was about September. Yeah, fall. Uh, I was still on the email list from our realtor and, you know, that would send us houses when they became available. And I usually just hit delete and I didn't even look at them. And this one house came through one day and it just happened to catch my eye because I had remembered seeing it on all those internet searches previously um, when we were looking for the farmhouse. And I remember seeing it and thinking it was so beautiful, but it was way out of our price range. And so the email came through and there was that house and the price had dropped drastically and it was now in our price range. And I was like, huh, that's pretty cool. And, you know, just, I didn't delete it, but I was sort of like 
tucked it away in the back of my mind because I was like, no, God, we said we're staying here. (laughs) So I ended up showing Steve the email and saying, look, the house that we had seen a while ago that was so beautiful dropped in price. Let's just go take a ride for the fun of it, you know, and just go see what it looks like, what kind of property it's on, you know, who knows where it is. You know, you see these pictures of these houses and they look great. And then you show up and you're like, what? There's like a factory behind it. (laughs) So anyway, we're like, let's just go take a ride out there. Oh my goodness. I'll never forget. We drove out here and we drove past it and Steve was like, oh, that's our house. I was like, no, 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 no. We're not moving. Remember, we said we're not moving. So we called our realtor and we said, maybe we'll just go see this house because we drove by it and it looks really nice. So she was like, sure. So she takes us up here to see it. We just got out of the car. Steve didn't even walk to the house. He walked straight back on the property, right towards our woods. And you could see it in his eyes. He was in love with the property, as was I. I mean, it's a beautiful home. So it's beautiful property. So anyway, he... um, He had fallen in love right then and there. And so we went inside the house and long story short, we felt like this could be for us, but we had told God that we were content with our house, you know, and we weren't moving. So it was very confusing. So I said, okay, Steve was, you know, really thinking we should try to buy the house. I said, okay, I can't imagine going through the process of selling my home again, putting it on the market homeschooling the kids, having to leave all the time, the stress of, you know, negotiating contracts and all that stuff. I don't think I can handle this, but I will do it. I will put the house on the market, but it must sell quickly. If it doesn't sell quickly and it's not easy this time, we're not doing it. That's it. We'll try. And, you know, our realtor was like, yeah, we can have it on the market by like, I don't know. She had like a couple days, you know, get it on real quick. And I was like, what, what? She's like, yeah, just, you know, straighten up, take some pictures. We'll put it back on the market. You know, we have all the information from before. I'm like, all right. So we did. And this is where it starts to get crazy. And this is where you really can see God's hand in everything. We put it on the market. It was a Monday at noon. At one o'clock, my realtor calls me and she says, Karen, I really think we're going to sell this house. I already have somebody interested. Okay. It's been on the market one hour. She said, a realtor just called me and she said that she has somebody in mind who's been looking for this exact kind of house. They want to move to this area because their family lives in this development and they've been looking for this exact kind of house. So they want to come see it. Now, what I didn't realize was six months previous, when we had put our house on the market the first time, Our friend in our development, who was actually our old neighbor who had moved to a different home, she had texted me and said, it's too bad that you're not selling your house six months from now because my brother and his wife are looking to move into the area. So guess what? That is the people who were interested in our house. And I remember her saying that to me clearly the first time we were selling, like, oh, too bad it's not six months later because they would buy your house. And here we are six months later, having gone through all that stuff. And so they scheduled to come see the house. That was Monday. They scheduled to come see it on Wednesday. By Wednesday night, we had a contract. Okay. So I asked God to make it easy. It couldn't have been any easier. 
not only did we have a contract, they wanted to close in six weeks, which was pretty quick because our first home, the farmhouse was going to be like at least two months or more, or maybe three months until we closed. So this was going to be, so here we were in October and I was like, what, we're going to move in November? Like, this is crazy. So talk about a whirlwind and it couldn't have been more easy when, when we, it couldn't have been easier. When we put the offer in on this home, the um, people were so gracious and were like, sure, you have to sell your house. That's fine. Like they were so understanding. There wasn't any terrible negotiations back and forth about anything. And long story short, it ended up selling and, you know, we ended up moving in six weeks from the time we put our house on the market. I mean, is that not crazy? So we feel like we were born to, I feel like at least for me, I was born to live in this house. I mean, when I look back on all the things that happened, that's why I'm telling the story. I hope that it would encourage you because so many times we have all these ups and downs and twists and turns, and we're praying about something and it doesn't seem to make sense. But when we get to the other side, it, you know, it makes so much sense. And we realize what God did. You know, he saved us from buying that crazy white house that I wanted, the 1888 house that needed work. And he saved us from buying that farmhouse because what we didn't realize was in six months, how much the market would change. We got a way lower mortgage rate on this house. This house was less expensive and this house was brand new. So we had things we didn't even ask for. So financially, we, I think we, I mean, I think it's at the time it was like $40 more to live here a month than it was to live where we lived before, which was a much smaller home on 0.1 acres, you know? So here we were like, wow, God, we basically are paying the same amount and we have so much more. And we realized that he protected us. I don't know why we had to go through all that stuff with the first house, but I also do know that I learned a lot of lessons from it. So perhaps that is the reason. But we learned that trusting God is so important because, I mean, obviously it's so important, but when you're in the middle, you're just like, I don't understand God. I don't understand. And and then when you realize when I'm here, I mean, you guys see my pictures on Instagram all the time. I can't help but share photos of this property. It's just so beautiful. It's nothing like I ever thought I would live. Um it's not the way we grew up, something you always sort of dream out, a dream of, at least for me. But it was like, yeah, that'll, that's not what will happen to me. You know, that's what I want, but it would never happen. And here it happened. So we feel like this house is not ours. This house, we know it is not ours. It is God's and he has provided it. And that's why we now are working towards each summer having enough um, veggies that we grow in our garden so that the past two years we've put out a farm stand in the front and put a little sign that says free, but we're really hoping that we can grow that even more. Like I want to set up a permanent farm stand in front of our house with like, like we said one day to have a garden food pantry, you know, that really has, um, a place to put everything that people will know. Oh, that's Love's Farm. They give their food away. Oh, that's where we can go when we need some eggs. Oh, that's where we can go when we need some veggies. And it's all free because we want to give from what we've been blessed with. So we call our little farm Love's Farm because Steve and I, since we've known each other, have always called each other Love. Um, 
we don't call each other by our first names ever. And so when we decided we wanted to name our little hobby farm, um, we said, well, we had all these different ideas. And one day I said, you know what? I really think we should name it Love's Farm because we always call each other love. And it sort of just stuck. And looking at it, it's like, what better name? Because God is love. And we want to share God with our community. And we want to share um, our blessings with others. And so every time we give away those veggies out front, we leave little, um, we put out little papers, you know, describing why we give the food away because God has blessed us and we want to bless others. And we share a little bit about who God is. If anybody doesn't know, and we put little tracks out there. So, you know, it's about more than just the veggies. We always said we would like to be able to feed people spiritually and physically. So who knows what God has in store for the next several years. I love farm, but we know that we just keep praying about it. And, um, we trust him that we look back and see how this journey got us here and we trust him in the future. So I hope that story would encourage you a little bit. If you're on a, on a, um, a path right now that's taking twists and turns or you're not seeing the end in sight. And you know what? It might not end like it did for us here at Love's Farm. We might have stayed in that house that we were living in, in our community, in our neighborhood. And again, I was content. I was truly content with it at the time. And I think perhaps maybe that's why God moved us because he saw I had finally let go. I said, this is God, you are in control and I will be content wherever I am. And I let go. I truly let go. It wasn't like I was just saying it because sometimes we say it, but deep down I still hold on. I truly had let go of any dream of a farm. So, and then of course he blessed us with it. He's so good. But even if he had not, I would need to have been content there. And I would have been because I would have been content. I had come to the fact that I will be content wherever God has put me. So whether it is a house journey you're on or it's anything else that you have been praying for, you know, whatever it is in your life, God is going to do what God is going to do. And our job is to sit back and allow God to be God and not try to force our plans. And that means covering everything in prayer. You know, it's, it's, it's not like, oh, God's just going to work and I'll sit back and do nothing. You have to cover it in prayer. You have to go to him. You have to seek him. You have to live out your life the way that he wants and let him lead you into the next chapter. And I am so grateful that he led us here. I am so grateful. And we will just continue to use the blessings that he has given us here, knowing that this is not ours, that this is his, and that we will share it with others. And that's why living here, I am not about decorating my house and making it all fancy. I am more about, let's invite people over. Let's use what he has given us. He's given us all this space. Let's use it for good. Let's use it to build relationships. I've held prayer groups here. I've held Bible studies here. I've held family nights here. Tonight we're having teenagers here. You know, let's use what he's given us to um, not have a thing, a home, a house, but to use it as a home, a place where people can come and see God's love. So that is our story about Love's Farm, and I hope that that would encourage you in any way and maybe get a little glimpse about 
more of the story behind our little hobby farm here. So when you see those snapshots over there on Instagram and Instagram stories where I like to hang out, you can understand a little more of the story behind here and get to know me a little bit more um, and see what God has done. God is so good. So what is he doing in your life? What is the path you're on? Is there something you're praying about and it seems to be taking a bunch of twists and turns? I'd love to hear from you. Comment or um, email me, comment on the blog. Let me know what you're going through. I'll pray with you about it um, because we know that God's plans are always best. If you are listening to the podcast on iTunes, I'd love for you to rate and review it because that gets my message out there even more. Um, talking you know, to people about living simply, whether it's homeschooling or just in life, this podcast always encourages people to keep their eyes on Jesus. So I, if you enjoyed it, please let me know over there on the um, podcast. You can rate and review it. You can comment on the blog. You can comment on the Facebook pages. And as I always say, let's continue the conversation. So thank you for joining me for another episode. Until the next time, I wish you blessings and joy.